and welcome to Geek Cinema Podcast, a podcast where my friends and I have a conversation over geeky, nerdy, and fanboy or fangirl movies alike. We're not experts or an educational podcast. We're just a group of friends who like talking about sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and superhero movies. And here we are with another one. My name's Everett. Uh, we're going over the Cloverfield Paradox. And Matt and I sat down and talked about this for a about, about an hour, and I think it was a pretty fun conversation. Uh, this movie was trashed critically, so uh, we got to talk about that a little bit, our opinion of whether it was deserved, I don't know, maybe. Uh, but there are major spoilers for Cloverfield Paradox, and the other two probably as well, Cloverfield and Tin Cloverfield Lane, which you can go back and listen to both of the, our episodes over those movies. Uh, we just did a Cloverfield episode, and we did Tin Cloverfield Lane last year. Uh, there are minor spoilers for Evil Dead, Hellboy, and Raiders of the Lost Ark. That should be all I have to tell you. Let's go listen to this conversation with me and Matt. Enjoy it! I had to type one in, one more movie. Because I just went to the movies today. Oh, what did you see? Uh, well... Is that where you were sitting too close? Was that... Yeah. What? Did, yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, I, I I went to the theater because uh, tomorrow, for us at least, not necessarily for the listeners, is the Oscars, um, and I had only, as of last week, I had only seen all but two of the Best Picture nominations, mm-hmm. uh, which I went and saw one earlier this week, uh, Wednesday or something like that, I went and saw The Post. Steven Spielberg's The Post. It's, it's a good, good movie. Right. A good political thriller. Uh, but then today I went and saw the final one, which was Call Me By Your Name. Yeah, how was that? It's fine. It was fine. Yeah, I, I'm not a big uh, romance film fan. Like, it has to have other genre in there, like comedy yeah. or, you know, throw in a... a river god and I, i'm all into it <laughs> yeah but if it's just a romance drama it's it's hard it's boring to me okay and and with like dramatic love making scenes i f- feel uncomfortable it, it yeah. feels like voyeuristic very voyeuristic like if it's played a, as a comedy moment in a comedy movie mm-hmm. uh, I, I can deal with that but so watchmen made you feel really awkward yeah, yeah, but also I'm. It's like sci-fi, and so I'm like, oh, this is cool. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> it's okay. They're superheroes, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I also, yeah, not to mention that just the slow mo and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. the his like a uh, CGI overlay mm-hmm. on top of stuff. But uh, yeah, I watched those two. I sat down and wanted to just watch uh, some comfort food and so one of my favorite comedies of all time anchorman 2 just sat down and we were just talking about anchorman yeah we were i've uh, it's there's three versions of that movie the sequel uh i saw the uh, theatrical the first time in theaters with our our friend seth and then went again with him a couple months later they released the rated r version for a week in theaters and just like there's where scenes changed. There were multiple jokes added, and so we went and saw that. Mm-hmm. And then I watched the unrated version this this week. What's the best version? Probably the theatrical. Interesting. The rated R one's really ridiculous, even more ridiculous. And so it, it's fun though. But the unrated was just it was almost the exact same as the theatrical, but. S- dialogue scenes were longer and more dragged out <laughs> mm. what's on the blu-ray uh all three that's impressive yeah it's pretty cool wow uh, i've never seen any of those so we're gonna have to watch them sometime yes yeah, we could do like a non-nerdy 30 over them watch them both double feature that's not a bad idea i do it um and that's all i watched i believe unless i forgot to write something in my phone well uh, I've not, I haven't watched much. Hold on. Um, For watched... the listeners, just real quick, if it sounds weird uh, compared to our normal format, it's because this is our first episode with just two people. Yeah. It's going pretty well, though, I'd say. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah. That's before. We're, we're surviving here. We'll <laughs> see how we end up by the end of it. <clears throat> I watched a movie called Seven Bloodstained Orchids. 
and it is a it is a giallo it's directed by umberto naturally, naturally right uh, are you doing an episode over that no actually i not i haven't got this one piped in anywhere um I have a lot of stuff figured out, but I haven't I haven't put this one in. This was just kind of um, Code Red put this out, and I try to always, whenever that label puts something out, I try to buy it because it's literally one person running this out of their house. Wow. They have scans done in Italy. It's sent over to him in his house, and he color corrects it there. Um, does all like all the special features work out of his house like has all the equipment and like has an actual studio set up in his house so i try to always support his releases because normally oh somebody uh, died somebody died (laughs) normally he only presses between one and three thousand copies of each so whenever he put this one out i was like okay i'll pick it up and i finally had like i had a little bit of time uh uh was it last Monday, I think, yeah, to sit down and watch something, and I just kind of wanted to do something different. I haven't seen a whole lot of Umberto Lindsay's stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he's mostly, I would say, he's probably mostly famous for his cannibal films, which are just not my thing. I'll be talking about him on that podcast, but they are not my thing. But this is his take on a Jallo. It was okay. It was kind of by the numbers and uninspiring and for an r-rated movie it had a serious lack of like on-screen violence (laughs) had a lot of nudity a lot of random nudity like i'm just saying like you turn a corner and there's tits like (laughs) there's boobs whatever (laughs) you you feel you just bleep that out bleep there's a bleep when you turn the corner (laughs) um i don't know it was okay it was okay it was probably it was I'm not. Had you, so you hadn't seen it before? Never saw it. Okay. It's just one of those ones that like I bought because mm-hmm. it's a, it's a Jallo film and these things are, when they go out of print, they're really hard to get. So it's like you right. better grab it while you can. So. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't regret watching it, but it is not. Great. It is. It is okay. It is kind of kind of like comfort food Jallo if there ever is, mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah, and yeah. so is that all? That's it. That's that's it. Aside from the movie we watched together, right? Yeah, because we did. We we had a a podcast planned for last October because last year, I I I wanted to show you and Seth uh, a movie called Ten Cloverfield Lane, mm-hmm. which was a uh, in universe sequel to the movie 2008 film Cloverfield. Oh, that movie is so, so, <laughs> so good. And that's what makes this film and spoiler, that's what makes this film and the first film so hard to enjoy. Well, we're going to talk there's, about it. Because there's my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, 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 that lays them out for you, I guess. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll disperse some in a second. So I was really excited after 10 Cloverfield Lane because they, we had read that, uh, it had been announced as an anthology series because mm-hmm. J.J. Abrams is like the biggest Twilight Zone fan in the world. And so, and I was, respect that because I love Twilight Zone. He was going to give us give us uh, this awesome series within this world. And so at some point they released God Particle is part three and it's in space. And come n- September or something like that, it's no longer released in October. Yeah, it was, it's moved to February. Then, which is come not, January, not it's moved news. to April. Yeah, and it's no longer titled God, God Particle. It's just Cloverfield Part sequel. Three sequel. Yeah, yeah. and so uh, then uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, they drop a all of a sudden, just Ooh. out of nowhere, drop a teaser. Mm-hmm. Saying ten years ago, the events of Cloverfield, and now figure out why they came. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I guess it gives you—I don't know. Here, here's <laughs> a question: As a Twilight, if he's a Twilight Zone fan, and this is supposed to be an—it's not a true anthology series because it's the same world and the same events, just from different points of view. It's more like mm-hmm. a universe-building film and not an anthology because i see is an anthology is like you watch uh you watch creep show or mm-hmm. an episode of the twilight zone right 
and it is a story about one person doing one thing and it is uh it's its own self-contained story the only thing that joins any of them together at any point is rod serling the introduction right so i don't find it a true anthology series it's more like a universe building series uh, yeah, in a way, I can see that. But also, I kind of... With this movie, it really changed my idea of what this universe is. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure. Maybe I'll convince you in that maybe, way at the maybe. end. Because I had to... Well, let's just say, we watched it just a couple of days ago. Finally got around to sitting together and watching it. Uh, I watched it again the next night right. with a uh, friend of the show, Seth and his girlfriend, Aaron, and boy, uh, I would not recommend watching movies with her (laughs) because the whole time she is leaning over asking questions like, why is that happening? What, is he bad? Yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't recommend it. I feel, I feel bad for Seth. (laughs) But uh, it was fun to show it to someone else because uh, watching this movie, I, I, I actually really enjoyed this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's I talk so I'm gonna go on a tangent here, but there's a I actually discussed this movie with a friend of mine who I've been trying to track down for the better part of three years. Wow. Um, he was a good friend of mine that I grew up with through high. Uh, we met like in elementary school. We grew up through high school together. We lived together after high school. Um. His name's Eric. I talked about him on the Our Thing podcast. Like, we were the ones who were snowed in. We watched The Thing, mm-hmm. like, three or four times. Like, um, But he got deployed to Africa, and I lost contact with him. And I've been <laughs> trying to find him for a while. And, like, Tuesday, this past Tuesday was, like, it was, like, the worst day of my life. It felt like that kind of day because, like, I'd been trying to find this person and you can cut some of this shit out uh, if you want, but I would try to find this person and I, I've called people. I have tried to contact relatives of his. Nobody would ever call me back or anything. And it's like, it's ominous. You know what I mean? Yeah. After so long, it's like something happened. Mm-hmm. I go through and I would read all the Navy obituaries and things like that, looking wow. for this person and I finally got an address. Like I paid, I paid for like one of those, uh, those people searching services you can get online, and they gave me an address. They gave me a mailing address that uh, was registered to uh, his mom, who I couldn't find either because her last name has changed a few dozen, not a few dozen, a couple times. So, at any rate, I find this house, and it's in the middle of nowhere, like. Hmm. fields nothing and on the door it says in remembrance of and on on there there is a picture of his grandfather and next to the picture of the grandfather is eric and like it's the middle of the day and like it's just like the lights just went out everywhere like oh my god it was terrible and but i finally i leave a note like please call me this is matt and like you know my number and all that and i get a call i get a call from the mom and um, or a text rather and she's like he's in Ohio and gave me a phone number and I call the phone number but somebody answers and it's like a housing kind of situation mm-hmm. but I finally got to talk to him I got to talk to him last night and I was like you're alive like it's <laughs> like you have no idea how long I've been trying to find <laughs> you and anyway he loves sci-fi and stuff like that like he loved the thing mm-hmm. um and this was a film we mentioned in pa- like in passing. Like, have you seen? Because right now he doesn't. He has a lot of time to watch stuff. Um, and he was really high on this movie. And first, like, he was like, "There's a lot of really interesting and integral parts going, moving parts in that film. That if you just watch it once, you don't, you don't really know. Hmm. But that universe, like, it shows you it's so big. And who's to say?" Like, jumping ahead a little bit, who's to say, like, just because they came back to what they think is their dimension, who's to say that's their actual dimension? Or, you know, things like Mm -hmm. that, because Mm -hmm. we never see them interact with anything. We just see the monster pop up. Right. 
he had a bunch of interesting theories on it because he likes to he likes to look at films like I do, and that was the thing in high school is we would pick films apart to fucking death. Right. So. Yeah. Well. Uh, and that was the first positive thing I've heard about this movie since. Like all the stuff I'd seen online is that it's just mediocre or it's terrible. Yeah. Seventeen percent of critics enjoyed this. Yeah. And like forty-eight percent of audiences. Yeah. Which is insane to me because. Like, even after I showed it to Seth, he really liked it. And I just, after watching it, it was different than both the other two films. Because the first one's just almost a, it, it's got humorous moments, mm-hmm. but it's also just almost a straight horror movie, yeah. but a character piece. Uh, whereas the second one's just this claustrophobic thriller. Oh man, that second and one is so, so well fucking good. directed. Yes. Uh, and this, I don't, I don't know what I was necessarily expecting. I think I was expecting, uh, kind of an alien homage, which it was, it's, it was, it, it was for sure, but it's so different. It's the way I felt is it was fun. It was, it was, it was fun. It um, ends up being almost a house of horrors in space. Yeah, I mean, kind of, yeah. Like, because you never know what's coming and the ship and the world is against them. Like, it's almost like a haunted house movie. Yeah, it's all these different things Mm -hmm. happening to them, which I thought was just, it was fun. It was fun. It was different. Like, whenever it ended, I wasn't quite sure what I thought of it. I I thought a lot about it. Um, But I started reading a little bit. The ship is designed, actually, to pay homage to all four of the alien films. Hmm. The Corridor... Where you see, um, uh, you see, uh, geez, what is her name? The ship's captain and Ava, is it Ava? Ava. Ava. Keel. Yeah. They start heading down it and like, there's this, there's this, uh, there's this shot, this pan across it and it's the same pan that's in Aliens and that set is designed to look exactly like Haley, uh, uh, Hadley's Hope, huh. um, like the floor, the way the octagon shape of the room, the bars on the side, like it is meant to be an homage directly to it, and it looks right out of it. I was like, oh wow, I was like that looks just like Aliens. Yeah, and there were some other moments that I was like, oh, like I like this all looks really familiar, just like, but not. You know yeah, I mean? all the halls feel like the ship from Alien, except a more futuristic looking mm-hmm. uh and then there's also the uh, the thing that i first was like oh i think that might be a nod was the little bobblehead yeah it felt like the bird mm-hmm. toy that drinks the water yeah. uh yeah so but i started reading yeah so a lot of the the set designer very much was paying the set designer and a lot of the um the prop prop master and few others like they they were all paying homage to alien and that's the the main complaint i saw of this movie over and over and over again is that it was tropey it went through all these sci-fi tropes which i'm not even sure which tropes they're talking about i wish i knew uh, too because i didn't feel like it was very true because I, I i was like what what are the major sci-fi tropes so i went on a website and looked at all of them and i was going through the list and i'm like it did none of these things but either way uh that just it sounded like they were complaining about it feeling like alien or it feeling like the thing or something but it was that's a body horror stranger movie. things is yeah no and that's there is leaning into nostalgia and then there is straight up copying something mm-hmm. copying and pasting and I don't feel like this movie does either, really. I feel like the one trope it has is that you have the you have the quiet female mm-hmm. who eventually becomes the heroine and isn't like she doesn't become complete like a complete badass here. She actually has a few more weak moments than say like Ripley, but yeah. um I, I don't know, like that was the only trope I really spotted. Yeah, I can see that. It was just the female heroine who goes starts out the quiet nobody turns into somebody. Yeah. Uh I don't now all these things that you you learn through the movie you're there's thing weird things happening and it starts giving you hints. 
Uh-huh. Uh, were all of these obvious to you? Like, was it easy to pick up, oh, they're in another dimension, they've crossed with other people's, their other dimension yes. halves? Yes. Because uh, I don't think I figured it out until uh, we're in the uh, Schmidt. Uh, the uh, Captain Keel comes up and punches him and locks him up, and he's like, I read your logs, and he's... He's acting. He he seemed genuine to me that he had no idea what he was talking about. Yeah, and that's when I realized, oh, okay, they've crossed Past streams some, with with their yeah some interdimensional some yeah travel. Um, um, and he, Seth was following this. His uh, Aaron was not last okay. night. Seth was following everything. The only thing that he didn't expect, I guess, as he was learning, he he basically picked on picked up on everything. At a decent time, not too early, not too late, which I think is the best type of mystery is yeah. when it, I don't know, it's the tastiest kind when you're figuring it out on your own yeah. before they give Just you the right answer. Just a little bit, yeah. Um, and so he seemed to picking, pick up on that as I did. My, I figured it out. I figured it was, here's, here's something. They give you, they feed you the story. Um, right before they turn the power on and it succeeds, right? Mm-hmm. Because they feed it to oh, you with through this the video. Conspiracy theorist. And did you know that the conspiracy theorist is the brother of John Goodman's character? Well, they have Tim the same Clover. last name. Is yeah. it confirmed yeah. that they're brothers? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, one of the writers confirmed on twi- either Twitter or maybe it was an IGN article I read mm-hmm. um, that he is, in fact, the brother of John Goodman's character, which explains a lot because this conspiracy theorist has obviously got a lot of attention and he would be in he would be in John Goodman's ear well before the attacks happened necessarily or maybe right after the attacks happened. Pers- I would think it'd be the other way around because he is obviously John Goodman's younger brother because this is 2028 and that was 2016. Right. Um yeah, I don't maybe, maybe. And let's go and go go through that first before I actually couldn't figure out what year it was. Uh yeah, so this was when watching this movie, I'm thinking this 2008. is 2008. Yeah. Because the events of Cloverfield and uh this is supposedly the pre this is what brings everything happening to in these other two movies. Yeah. We have the uh, attack on New York and then we have the aliens mm-hmm. searching the grounds. Um but so what it was brought to my attention afterwards is that this is a parallel dimension to what we know. Well, it's supposedly the same dimension, but the problem is where I was looking at time as linear, whereas supposedly what has happened here is when they, the shepherd over overloaded it tore a hole in space time. Mm-hmm. And so it released the clover creature on New York back in 2008. It released the aliens on earth back in 2016. But the, the and the, the next movie coming out mm-hmm. is world war two. And so we're going to see some type of crazy stuff happen there because of the events in 2028. Hmm. That's not how I took it. I took it. Okay. So here's how I took it. The, the dimension that oh man hold on what's her character name um jensen jensen comes from she mentions how her world is ravaged right and destroyed so in my mind she was actually from the dimension of cloverfield and cloverfield lane and that's why that's why we hadn't we hadn't seen any kind of destruction and they were having an energy crisis in this film. Um, because she's talked about how everything's so fucked up over there. Like that, that was my, that was my train of thought. Yeah. But it seemed, I think the only that, that that is a good theory, but watching it a second time, uh, I'm remembering the only thing that seemed to be happening on her earth was just human war. Well, there was a European war going on for some 24 months or something like that. Here's okay. Then here, here. Okay. Here's a thing. Right. Here's a, here's a question. 
is we see we see ships in Cloverfield, the original Cloverfield, do we not? At the very end, do we not see a ship? Um, because you're, you're, you're talking about in the the video footage from Coney Island. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. There's just one. You see one thing falling from the sky mm-hmm. in the background, very subtle. Okay. Uh, that's all that is seen. Which is, other people had theorized that that was the creature falling into the water originally, mm-hmm. but supposedly the actual canon knowledge is it was a satellite fell and so then the theory was that they going after the satellite to retrieve it awakened clover interesting okay um well okay so there's alien ships on Mm -hmm. earth for sure in 2016 we see that right they are massive Mm -hmm. how in the world did we get people up and did we get people to a space station did we have a successful launch because they've only been up there for a few years right two so she went up in 2026 how how did we get rid of the aliens then if this is a if this is not a parallel parallel dimension because they would have in my mind they would have shot that fucking rocket right out of the sky because that's why what i'm saying is it it time traveled these aliens from whenever to 2016 not though not rearranging the events of for 2028 so you're saying when it dropped it back there it creates another timeline basically so there are so basically this movie is the reason why the other two movies exist okay all right now, Which is just a cool it's a cool theory. Nobody has confirmed it. That's the thing I've heard that makes the most sense to me. Do okay. Do we think that Ten Cloverfield Lane took place in the same timeline as Cloverfield? I guess I guess so. I mean I, I, it I, sure seemed like it did. Yeah, and I, I like the thought of that is that they basically destroyed time within their own dimension, uh opened wormholes in their dimension but in their time uh and then launched them to another dimension at the exact same time Hmm. but then when going back it doesn't fix what they've done to history interesting okay all right i can see that um and you said the fourth one's going to be all about world war ii Mm -hmm. but they've said that the fourth movie is going to give us answers about about the other films in questions uh, how is we'll that see. gonna work yeah uh they so, have so they don't have the technology no yeah so I, I don't know what's gonna happen uh supposedly that uh, a little bit i've heard is that it has to do with the nazis worshiping some type of technology so maybe alien okay. technology has yeah. yeah. landed in in the past now hmm. i'm not sure but i i i still even with all the hate, I'm excited to continue on with this franchise. I'm curious to continue. This was I liked this more than Cloverfield. Like, I did too. Um, it's not nearly as good as Cloverfield Lane. No. As a sci-fi movie, it's it's if you took the Cloverfield name off of it, I feel like you would have a good movie. But when you put the Cloverfield name on it, you expect a certain amount of something out of this. Right, and I'm a I didn't check. Uh, I would assume it's the same thing as the last movie where it was just a spec script. Uh, yes, God Particle spec script by Oren Uziel. And so do you, do they, gra- they pick- I'm sure JJ read it, picked it up, and was like, this is my next one, my next Cloverfield movie. We're just going to mold it. Because that's what he did with Tim Cloverfield Lane. And you know what other franchise did that and kind of ran it into the fucking ground? I'm imagining you're going to tell me. Hellraiser. Oh, okay. <laughs> one, one through four were actual Hellraiser films. Five was a spec script. Six was an original idea, a Hellraiser thing. But seven, eight, and nine, uh, yeah, seven, eight, nine were all 
not Hellraiser movies. They were just like, fuck it, throw Pinhead in there. And like number eight, they put him in a video game, like a video game called Hellworld. And that is how he is in that movie. Okay. Like, no. And that's what's, if you, if you don't get a handle on it, that's what's going to happen with Cloverfield. Beware. Beware. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, I, I, I think the hate is, it's, it's called for, I guess, because it does, the movie does rely so much on theories and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So I guess you, you want that a little bit in a sci-fi movie or a bit in a sci-fi movie, but at the same time, you don't want to leave everyone you don't want to leave the majority of your audience hanging right grasping for straws straws yeah yeah um hmm so i yeah so i picked up that they did the dimension cross whenever we find the lady in the wall Mm -hmm. it was either we did a dimension cross or we just went into hell like um event horizon it was event yeah event horizon um which is a great movie, but it's uh, they go to hell. It's yeah, it's all about a space. It's all about like this. It's a space station that ends up traveling to hell. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe I'll check it out sometime. You, we might have I, to watch I that one. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's got Sam Neill in it. Oh well. And Lawrence I Fishburne. I have to see anything with Sam Neill. Well. Um. But. Uh, I was going to say, the only thing I feel like I have to really complain about this movie is Michael's storyline. It seems kind of just... It's trying mm, here. I know it's the storyline that that is there to tie it in with the Cloverfield, the Cloververse. Really? You felt like that? That's what I felt like. Because, I mean, really, if you don't deal with that and then the creature at the end it really could just stand on its own and do its own thing. I felt like it was, uh, it was just trying to give you an emotional connection because we meet these characters in the spaceship and we don't really have like uh, some of their decisions that they make. I don't understand why they make them because they don't, They don't necessarily inform us about their characters. Mm-hmm. I feel like a great movie with great writing, every decision made by a character, even if there's no backstory, tells you about that character. The only bit we get is that the the uh oh the shit the shitty guy, uh what's his name? Volkov. Volkov, Volkov just has an issue with Kiel uh no, not Kiel. Uh, Schmidt. Schmidt. And they have some kind of personal rivalry, and it's because of their countries. Right. That's the only bit that we get. Everybody else is like a yes sir, no sir kind of character, and they're flat. Yeah, and, well, right after that, they give you a bit of Schmidt and Tam's relationship because they work with each other. and They work with each other, but then he's like, we need to do, we need to overthrow this, and da-da-da-da. And while... While I don't know, I don't. I feel like that's lazy writing mm-hmm. because it's like we're in a situation and we know better than they do, so we should do this. That doesn't tell me that these characters have trust together because Tam doesn't seem like she trusts anyone, right? But she's gonna go along with it. And if I get had a little bit more of her character and my own personal kind of writing for her character, is that in the end she's gonna overthrow Schmidt because she thinks he's an idiot. She thinks they're all idiots. Huh. She seems like, if anything, she seems like she was above everybody else. Um, I'm not saying she was, but that's how, in my mind, how she acts hmm. and her character. But a lot of the decisions made here were just, like I said, like, yes, sir, no, sir. And we got to we gotta have to focus on the mission. And it's like, I understand that's what soldiers do. But if we're watching a movie about soldiers, I need reasons to care about these people. And I need to understand these relationships. I kind of better. felt a little bit a little bit of personality from Keel because after the event happens, we see him sitting in on his bed crying and uh, then he tries to straighten himself up and he just goes through the movie. Not really. He's not sure what to do. He's not motivated Mm -hmm. uh, other than just going along 
with the ride yeah until he he's at the end he's like okay i'll, I'll sacrifice myself i it took it from he's he's the most scared at the beginning to becoming the brave guy it's yeah, just development maybe yeah I, and that was i don't know that decision, baseline development but still yeah and that decision there that he was going to be this he was going to sacrifice himself almost seemed arbitrary like it in, did because in my mind it's like no you throw the medic in there because sorry sorry you just get the short end of the stick it's because you're the medic what else can you do well i was wondering why all three of them went down there yeah that he was said another thing the three of us and then they go down he tries to open it by himself and then he's like okay we got to go outside and closes the door and he's like nope i gotta do it with myself sorry i brought you two down here you have to watch me die yeah i don't know that that didn't make a whole fuck ton of sense either. That was that the sacrificial captain, I guess, could be another trope. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I'm the really the highlight of the movie for me anyway was Monday, best oh, part of the sure. whole fucking movie. But because some of this movie gets into body horror, Cronenberg mm-hmm. type stuff, and something happened, and I don't know what. And you watched it a second time, so maybe you can tell me. Is that when Volkov is looking in the mirror, he's like, ah, oh, yes, I see now, and I understand. And no. Yes, I did figure this out the second time. Is he talking to. Is he talking. Is his essences like his. his... I think it's more so his brain is a mixture of both this RR universe Volkov and the other universe Volkov. They've. I... they've conjoined somehow and so the other universe knows schmidt betrayed them and so he's saying you gotta go mm. go take down schmidt okay. he betrayed you that's kind and of so what, he's talking to himself like that that's kind of what i was thinking especially because it took place in front of a mirror mm-hmm. it was either that or the worms were alive mm-hmm. because i did not understand the entire point of having worms on a spaceship is there a point to that did you figure uh, that out? I assume it's some type of terraforming thing with it. I don't. Mm. I don't. I don't know what. But they weren't terraforming because they're in. They're in the case. I. I don't know what they. Maybe they. Were they somebody's pet? Maybe they destroy their. Are they uh, tear tear apart their trash? What's that called when you have oh. worms to destroy uh, your trash and? So they were like a trash compactor. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking about, but yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know well, I'm, I'm not green enough to know the term. Um, I've never had worms eat my trash. Yeah. Compost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's I assumed that's that was something there in there because it shows you them at first in their case and. Yeah. Uh, but. That was definitely when he first does that. That was another homage thing. It seemed was, uh, the poltergeist face scene, as because he's he starts. Uh-huh. at his face and he I'm started like, doing that oh, and God, i was like no <laughs> no 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 does this look all right <laughs> yeah yeah you look great you look great but then he has the the eyeball scene that was that was interesting i was yeah i was i was i was like god it's gonna i love here's the thing i like and really there are some body horror films that i love like the thing or mm-hmm. the fly but uh one of those is cronenberg who does a ton of body horror stuff but oh man, is it always hard for me to watch? Cause it's like, oh, that is a body that could be my body. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, 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 no. So I was, and we get, we get, we the worms blowing out of him. And not only that, we get, we get Mundy whose arm gets sucked into the ship and take it off. And I was like, yeah. oh, it's a full body horror now. Oh no. And so it was fun. Like I enjoyed that, but he has no pain. And he's, but it's a fresh cut. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's clean too. Yeah, it's just gone. Yeah, he was the highlight. Like I said, he's the highlight of the film. Oh, he's like sure. my arm, no shit, or whatever <laughs> he says. Like there was, he had another good line in there. What was that? I, I forget. Ah, no, yeah, there was a lot. He was, was the best part of the movie, and whenever he died, I was like, oh. Yeah, I was expecting it to end with just just our lone heroine but schmidt survived too back to enough. back to what i was I, I went on a tangent what i was trying to say is i think that the michael storyline yeah it was to give us it was make us care about ava okay. and her plight um this movie has problems with the narrative like that mm-hmm. it's there's two 
there's not enough motivations or informing informative decisions about the characters. The CGI does not look good most of this movie. And I hate to say it, but I wonder if the reason why this got sold not to be down on the movie cuz like I thought this was a, this was an okay Cloverfield film and it was a good sci-fi film if you take Cloverfield off the name. I'm just going to state that one more time, but if you if you watch this film I in my mind I wondered did the studio lose confidence in this film and that's why they gave it to they sold it to Netflix because my to my knowledge from what i could find and it was hard to find any kind of dollar amount but supposedly netflix only paid like 10 10 million dollars for this really yeah and so that in my mind it's like the studio didn't have confidence in it well that's what uh you can find it on wikipedia paramount's chairman uh said he felt the film's budget which had gone from 5 million to 40 million was too high for them to make a reasonable profit in theaters. Huh. And so that's why he sold it to Netflix. So, oh, they paid 50 million. Netflix really? Did. Yeah. Which Do you have a source on that? Uh the Hollywood Reporter. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't find one whenever I was looking the other day. But it just it just sounds like a movie they didn't have confidence in. And yeah. the CGI the questionable character motivations and lack thereof. Mm-hmm. I made me wonder, made me wonder if they looked at this and like, JJ, I think, I think we fucked up. Mm-hmm. And I saw this awesome meme. It was like Cloverfield one comes out of nowhere or came out of nowhere. It was a surprise. 10 Cloverfield lane has oh a month. God, the third, the third one is drops to Netflix. And the fourth one, JJ is going to come through your house and throw it through your fucking <laughs> window. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait for that. <laughs> I cannot wait for that either. We'll be waiting outside for autographs, right? Um, <laughs> it's kind of the U2 Songs of Innocence thing, but with physical copies. With physical <laughs> copies. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, I, I can look at it and realize that it's not a great film, especially compared to Tin Cloverfield. That's and that's but, the hardest thing. I wish I wouldn't have seen that first. Yeah, but it's just I don't know. It's a fun movie. It's I can definitely see it feels like a Netflix movie. It doesn't feel like really? something you would see in the theaters and be like, "Oh, this is a really good theatrical release." Interesting. I see like I I've yet to watch a Netflix original besides and I wouldn't even say I don't know. I've yet to watch a Netflix original that feels like a Netflix film because while netflix put this out it doesn't feel like an i don't know i don't know what a netflix film feels like because it doesn't feel cheap they all feel different like the babysitter to me like that was a pure netflix original right i guess it's just because i'm not used to going to see movies at the theaters that Mm -hmm. are made for under 100 million yeah yeah i i see them i just more than often i'm going for the big yeah, the, the big studio. Temple films. Which, sadly, that's all there is. The middle ground films have been forgotten. It's kind of like video games, really, because mm-hmm. you have the big, high-dollar, massive product, massively produced, like, Uncharted, God of War-type stuff. And then you have your indie films. And, like, the mid-range that used to take up the space in the PS2, Xbox era, like your THQ, they're just gone. That whole middle ground fell out, and that's what feels like happened to our... our our fucking movies too. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a tidal wave. I will say, out of all the things in this movie, the cool, weird House of Horror stuff, the weirdest one was Mundy's death. Like with mm-hmm. the, the nano solder mm-hmm. stuff. It also uh, looked the cheapest. It looked terrible. It looked like a eighties like stop motion that moment it did not look good it looked weird yeah uh i mean I, I thought it was cool in that sense like oh it feels like i'm watching evil dead uh but everything seems like a natural thing until that moment almost hmm. like the arm thing i can see it's still the ship is still going through this weird transformation mm-hmm. uh Actually, now I just remembered I I did find myself trying to under comprehend it 
because I, I was like, it goes towards him. It doesn't go where everything else is being magnetized. Mm-hmm. It it goes towards him, then it grabs him and pulls him back. But I think the way it reacts to to uh, the energy from his his little taser gun or whatever it is mm-hmm. is it it tries to surround surround stuff, that. and so yeah. I think the magnet magnetic field over there was trying to do that with him. Right. It, it grabbed onto something and then it was trying to, it was like filling his mouth and stuff. So it kind of, it kind of, I felt think like I that. can explain it away. It just felt like an actual, the house was at, te- it was alive evil dead, attacking, the trees. Yeah. 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 Uh, another homage to alien that's in here is right when they find, um, Jensen instead of kill me, it's help me. Oh, yeah. And they're in that hallway that is right out of aliens. They oh. are in that corridor. And she's like, help me. And it's like, ha, 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 you're one word off. Like, I see what you're doing there. I liked Schmidt. I I actually like, I like that actor a lot. I don't know what it is about him, but mm-hmm. he's got a certain kind of charisma yeah. that I like. Um, I really... Excuse me. <clears throat> Out of the entire cast, I I I liked Schmidt. I liked Mundy. I liked Volkov, the asshole. Like mm-hmm. I felt something for him. Jensen was interesting. I li- I thought she was. I I I was. She was mysterious and had me intrigued. But the other, the rest of the cast, I just was like, "You're a cardboard cutout." I didn't. I don't know. I didn't feel a lot, even with Ava's plight with the family, and wanting to go down there. And I'm so glad that whenever she's like, she's like, I've got to go down there and see them. The captain tries. Yeah. Like I'm. I'm setting. He there. says we're the watching. exact same thing that we were thinking. Yeah. Like, like I'm that's her there. family. Yeah. Like, that's gonna be so weird if you go down there. It, not only is it gonna be weird. Like there's God knows what's gonna happen. They might murder you. Like. <laughs> yeah. It's a demon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were talking about demons on the news. It's a, it's a, it's a replicant. Kill it. Um, who knows? Yeah, she immediately makes him understand though by explaining. I have to warn her, and I was just like, "You can't have Jensen do that for you. You couldn't have Jensen do that, or you couldn't just send a fucking voicemail." That was my like thought. You I did was at like, the end. <laughs> "Yeah, exactly." I was like, "Why not just send a voicemail? Why not send a message?" That's all you <laughs> I did. Right? That I took notes the second viewing, and I was like, "She couldn't have sent this message." She all had this whole to go time. down there and freak everybody the fuck out. I guess she did say uh, when he says that's her family. He, she says it's not just about me, so it is a little bit about her. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It was just, yeah. But you got to get back to your real husband, man. And yeah, you were gonna abandon that guy with some random kid that he picks up that has yeah, no Molly. Molly, what, which what is, is she about? Why? Why even put it? It's like they needed something. They needed to put Michael in the story. And they need to give <laughs> Michael a reason to talk to Joe. I don't know if you noticed during the credits, but uh, the actress's name is Clover. That plays Molly. Uh, Clover Knee. That's I saw that. And I'm like, there's somebody. They cast somebody named Clover. That's probably why she and was cast. That's why she was cast. I swear. It's all the monsters. Uh, she wasn't even in, in the script. They 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 wrote her in. Like we have to add this girl. Well, yeah, I I felt like that. That's another thing. I just felt like they just it was arbitrary. There was no point in in her being in the story. Really, it didn't serve. It didn't serve anybody. Yeah. I'm fucking yawning. Oh, man. I will tell you, I got up and I worked out really hard for an hour, and then I did, like, another hour of fucking yoga and squats. And my body's just wrecked today. Yeah. Just random, just cut that. <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't think I'm going to go back cutting, so. Okay, listeners, well, you Listeners see. need to know that stuff. Yeah, you guys need to know that I, <laughs> I do the squats. Um... I will say about Jensen that she seemed a, a little ominous there for a while. Just staring. So like, is she going to be? She, don't make her the bad guy. They she's did. Too, she's they too did. ominous. That was, yeah, and that was another problem. I was like, of course you're the fucking bad. Actually, I'll tell you what. 
she ends up being the bad guy, which I found predictable, but she didn't, she wasn't the bad guy that I thought she was going to be. Mm-hmm. I was like, she's the fucking spy. It was never Schmidt. It was, she right. made, she framed Schmidt and right. she's going to kill you all. Yeah. I was thinking that too, but no, she actually had a reason and motivation. Yeah. And, and a li- fairly understandable. She, she, she puts her point out there. Three people for eight million or eight, eight, billion. eight billion. And I agree with that as well, but there are better ways to handle this. Yeah. Like, I can't just... They have that uh, 3D printer in there. They can't 3D print another key. They 3D printed a fucking gun. Like, <laughs> surely, why not? What else can they... I, mean, yeah, I don't know. And and bagels. They 3D printed a bagel, if you remember that. Was that... I thought it was a cake or a rice cake or something. Uh, it said, worst bagel maker. Like, that. it was taped on there, and somebody Is had that sharpied worst said? bagel okay. maker. Okay, all right. I couldn't... I couldn't read... I didn't catch that. First yeah, time through. I think it was a bagel. That's hilarious. Yeah, there was some cool, like, th- sci-fi stuff that I hadn't seen, like 3D printing food, mm-hmm. and uh, like I said, the the nano solder stuff was cool. Um, I like. I did like. It's, it's fun. Yeah. I prepared trivia questions, and there was going to be another person here, mm-hmm. <laughs> Brandon, um, <laughs> to help us with this. But I'm just going to ask you anyways and just see what see mm-hmm. if you remember. Cool, cool. Okay. What day do we first what day do we see first of the mission? What's the first day we see? Oh. Um 200 something 16. <laughs> 16. That's what I was going to say. Um okay, one of these slags is not present. The Italian flag, the German flag, the Austrian flag. <sighs> I'm going to say Austrian. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought I thought I remembered Italy in there. I wrote down what year is it, but I could never find a fucking year because I was like, <laughs> that'll be a good one. Couldn't find it. Um, which I guess the year comes from the uh, the augmented reality game is where the year comes oh, from. Okay, that's or that's how IGN put it together. Um, what color code does Michael ask if the hospital has issued? Orange. Correct. We're definitely not in blank anymore. Oh God. Man, I can't remember. I I I want to. I don't think it's Montana, Kentucky. Oh, no, Kansas. <laughs> it's like oh, whatever. Um, which arm does Monday lose? Right. Correct. That's all I got. Cool, cool. Not bad, not bad. I thought it'd be fun to play. I did better than Brandon. You did because I than showed Brandon. up. You fucking showed up. You were here. <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. That would have been really weird if I hadn't showed up to it. Right. Yeah, I'd be just talking to myself. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I do that a lot. (laughs) Honestly, this feels like a Twilight Zone episode. Especially when when we're first getting the reveal, it's not here. And they say the, the transmissions... The oh, Earth, it's yeah. gone, yeah. and then it's they start showing the different camera angles, and it's the music is getting more intense. I'm like, oh, this feels like a Twilight Zone episode, or even throughout, it feels kind of like a, a Star Trek episode, hmm. the original series, but with more horror feel. Yeah. Um. Hold on. Okay, I will. Um, I have an episode. I want to tell you. I'm gonna have, tell me about tw- your history of the Twilight Zone. You know, I I watched it a bit. Um, my parents were always uh big on, or at least my father was big on uh uh you know black and white era TV shows. So I'd seen lots of Mr. Ed and Green Acres and all that much. But uh, also Twilight Zone was one we'd we'd watch on occasion and uh i i've never actually gone through the whole series by myself and then kindle and i tried at one point uh 
got through about the first three maybe. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've seen a, a decent amount. Uh, I've seen the movie. Okay. I, 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 I like it. You like yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Favorite episode is, uh, what's it called? It's the second one where, uh, is it, it's not called death of a salesman. Is it? That seems too on the no, nose. I know it's a, it's a walk, right? Uh, uh, it's where he walks through time, right? Maybe. No, it's, uh, where death comes after the salesman and he says oh, he's not ready. Oh yeah. 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 No, I know what you're talking about. It's I, final destination. Very, very final destination. Um, man, I, is that not, that's, I think it has angel in the name episode name but either way so there's a i think this is it i'm pretty sure that this is it and it is called the lonely Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it is it is kind of it is the probably the best twilight zone space episode space oriented episode it's it's very much in you know tune with like not everything's as it seems but you're talking about how this plays with uh the dimensions and the earth gone and stuff like that that is uh that is very much what's going on in this episode it's pretty it's Mm -hmm. pretty good um the another another really good one is called uh where is everybody right that that's like the first episode right no that's time enough at last oh okay but both of those episodes are in the first season. Mm-hmm. So, um, I I didn't so much get the Twilight. I can kind of see what you're saying about Twilight Zone. I didn't get as heavy as a Twilight Zone vibe off of it. That's when I first noticed. That's that's the only time where I was like, oh, this feels like a Twilight Zone mm-hmm. episode. Was at that moment, the Earth is gone. Yeah, and so they're all freaking out. It just felt like, I don't know. It was cheesy, but in a really great way. Right. I'll have to show you Event Horizon because I think you would enjoy it. It mm-hmm. takes the concept of kind of like tri- going across dimensions and stuff um, to a different place. But if you liked this, it it's this movie, but it ramps everything up. Right. And, you know, this movie kind of like fills in more of the the lore a little bit like we've talked a bit a little bit yeah. like the time change because we had theories or at least i had strong theories during the tin cloverfield lane podcast where mm-hmm. i was saying okay so the events happened in cloverfield where this thing happens and much like john goodman's character says there's first in in a war there's the big event first mm-hmm. a big attack then there's ground Land, sweeps. Yeah, ground sweeps and so that's what i thought it was is they these aliens dropped this giant creature on new york city mm-hmm. and then they start attacking and that's what i thought i thought they were directly related but now i'm seeing it as because jj when he did cloverfield he was wanting the kaiju creature to be an ocean dwelling creature much like godzilla mm-hmm. and so he had that's that was what he had and they mentioned that the kind of looks octopus the stambler brother mm-hmm. in the with his he, he mentions uh monsters demons and creatures from the sea or yeah, something like yeah, that yeah he does he does say that and, and see i mean like even before like when i just saw that character thinking that he was john goodman's brother and maybe the John Goodman's character seemed like a very simple man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A very simple man who with enough suggestion and enough doubt in his mind would go to the links that we see in 10 Cloverfield Lane. His brother seems very, very, oh, very extreme and very, very, um, has very serious opinions and would probably preach those opinions to anybody that would listen especially a brother who i mean who who would listen because he's his brother but he would listen and it would also kind of inform him what he needed to do mm-hmm. like he would run with it that is why that is why i think maybe it wasn't 
it wasn't John Goodman's character that brought about everything we see in 10 Cloverfield Lane. Maybe not, you know, I, I don't know. But if, if 2028, if this is 2028, I mean, it's got to be a different, it's got to be the brother, but it's got to be a different timeline. It doesn't make sense. I just can't gather where the aliens went. Why would they leave? Oh, that's what I'm saying is it, it hasn't. Yeah. It's not, it's not like back there. And yeah, it's not like back to the future where right. so what like happens back in time. Affects timelines the here and they're here and they drop it here and suddenly it goes. Yeah. For okay. the listeners, you you made, I did a, a, you made a line and then a line shot off. Kind of like my fucking Wolverine timeline. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Go walk, watch Back to the Future two, and look at the chalkboard that Doc, Doc Brown, Brown makes. has up. Yeah, it's very much like that. I mean, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, so well, the next was in the first one. I think it's the s- no, it is the first one because that's where they're in the garage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are classics. Why haven't we covered those? We'll get to it, I guess. Fuck yes. And we need to do some Rick and Morty in there, too. You know, those are big favorites of Kyle's, I believe, so we'll have to get him on here. All right, Kyle. We just need to move him down here. We'll pay pay for we him do. to come down and <laughs> live in the studio. Um. Well, I... What, so we're at a decent time right now. We're setting an out at an, an, an hour unedited, even though I just stumbled across... Oh, that's all right. All I did a words. lot of. Mm, I'm looking here, so uh, yeah. This is what the listeners want to hear, Matt. Yeah, they want to hear yeah. you. My workout routine, searching through your phone, searching through my phone. Yeah, yeah, and my random fucking tangents. So, do you have a favorite scene? Before we get into the favorite scene, if Cloverfield Four set back, if set back in twenty or set back in World War Two, mm-hmm. right? And they're talking about it. Almost sounds so much too much like fucking Hellboy. They worship. That's something. exactly what I went to. Like I, I was like, I don't like that. I don't like that. I want it to be better than that. I also Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, yeah, he wanted to find the Ark to use it. Yeah, yeah. Um. So if that's four, do we ever see a movie Pat in this timeline again? You think? I'm gonna say no. I I think if the next one ends up happening, that'll be the last one. There's already a script for it. They started shooting. Yeah, but because this was so poorly received, I, I thought that may affect it. Maybe, I don't know. But, I mean, if they've already started principal photography, though, they don't they don't often go back on that because then it's they've spent. True, true, true. They spent too much money. They're in too deep. Mm-hmm. Because by that point, you've signed contracts and people get paid no matter what you do. And did JJ put most of his money in this? Uh, Paramount, I guess, is the top listed. Mm-hmm. Then Bad Robot. So I, I think the next Paramount one's all Bad Robot, most though. Of the movie. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm excited. Like probably... I said, I, 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 I liked it. I'm excited to see what the next one's like. Yeah. Did you know any of these actors from anything? Well, obviously, Schmidt. Schmidt, we, we knew Zemo. from Zemo. Yeah, that was he. Uh, then Chris O'Dowd, who played uh, Mundy, is the cop from Bridesmaids. Yeah, I remembered I him in that. Never, never seen that one. Um, he, I've also seen him in other stuff, but I don't know what. Uh, I don't. John Ortiz. John Ortiz. I know John Ortiz. I know the name. He uh he was the sheriff. I first saw him as the sheriff in Alien vs. Predator Requiem. And then later he was in uh the Fast and the Furious films. Yeah, he was also in Silver Linings Playbook and Kong that Skull one. Island was the yeah. most recent one I've seen with him. Yeah, Silver Linings Playbook. I still have yet to see Kong. So Maybe yeah. we'll maybe we'll watch it sometime together. Yeah, that would be fun. And yeah. also Jensen was in Guardians of the Galaxy too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she was, was the, the she was the villain, the gold alien. Yeah, the villainous gold alien. I love her face. She looks mm-hmm. like she. If there was ever a David Bowie biopic, like she would, she could pass as a David Bowie, mm-hmm. especially during his like low station to station Berlin trilogy era. 
So, all right. Favorite scene is honestly, uh, I I loved seeing his arm get taken away. It was hard to watch, mm-hmm. but the ship when it came alive like that, I was like, all right, I'm really. It looked cool. It looked really cool, and all of a sudden, like I went from just like, well, this is an interesting movie to like, I'm fucking into this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a big turning point. It was. I just wish he, I needed him longer. I felt whenever mm-hmm. he died that the movie lost something. Like it lost too much of its charisma and charm. The other characters that were left while they were, while Smith was interesting, uh, the medic and Ava were, were not. Jensen was, but Jensen became predictable and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I agree. Moment of silence for Mundy. Yep. All right. My favorite scene is actually related. Uh, my favorite scene is when they get his arm. My arm, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a pencil. Like, I saw it doing it. I was like, it needs a pencil. Like, I said yeah. that out loud. And then, sure enough. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was great. That was. That was really good. Really. Yeah, and it looked cool. It did. That it that effect looked great. The other, a lot of the other effects, everything in space looked so terrible. Like mm. I felt like, especially whenever, um, the Schmidt and Ava were leaving the spaceship and coming into Earth, it just looked. I don't know. It looked like something from like two thousand two. Like we're talking Mummy Returns, Scorpion King era. <laughs> I just was not impressed. I will say I really enjoyed the opening theme for the score. I didn't feel a whole lot about the score either way. There was like there was one bit that I noticed that came whenever they were going to power up the they were going to power up the uh, the shepherd for mm-hmm. the first first or second first time. I noticed it there and that I found it interesting, but the rest of it I yeah, and the opening just feels very like large and ominous, mm-hmm. and I just thought it was cool with a lot the of minor. coming with the credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was great. Yeah, uh, by Bear McCreary, hmm. who has mostly done television. I guess The Walking Dead and Agents of Shield. In fact, oh, interesting. No films. Mm, film. Uh, Happy Death Day. Oh yeah, that was all mainly soundtrack though. Colossal. Ah, okay. All right, all right. I can see that. And some others that I have never heard of, so I'm not gonna bother. You gotta see Colossal. So good. I saw it, Matt. Oh yeah, you we did see it. Duh, it. No shit. On I'm... the podcast. All right, all right, all right. Thank you for paying attention to me. I fail. <laughs> This has been a Second Mob Podcast. For more audio content or information on this podcast, please visit secondmob.com. Bada bing, bada boom.